our family. Y'all sent us out about 12 years ago to the country of Azerbaijan. Y'all remember that? Any of you still around here from that days? Amen. I know Pastor JB is. Pastor, I have a little something here. Uh, you and I, we, we, he picked this out. It's a, just a little token of our appreciation for you guys. It's a like a little bronze uh, platelet of the Republic of Georgia. Uh, it is wonderful to be here today. Um, and... Uh, just want to celebrate uh, what God is doing in your midst and what God has been doing overseas. I think we have a little bit of a PowerPoint that was supposed to be sent. Yeah, here we go. So listen, let's just take a few minutes. And uh, God, the Holy Spirit, is already here today. In fact, this morning I'm going to be talking about our last song was about surrender. Well, that's what the Lord laid on my heart to share today. Surrender. So the Holy Spirit is already walking ahead of us. I just pray and ask that all of us will be uh, just open to what the Spirit of God is saying to you and to us together. Amen? Amen. So together you and I have been in the country of uh, Republic of Georgia since 2017. And we have been seeing people come to the Lord. We've seen God raise up some interns from Minnesota and bring two loads of them to help us along in the ministry. Um, you see Donna there. She was doing English Club. We've had Adventure Boys Club. Uh, yeah, that's what those pictures right in there. We've preached the Word of God and seen the Lord like this little lady here. The Lord, she was an elderly lady, but God touched her legs. And, and gave strength to her legs, and she was able to walk uh, a lot more firmer. I want to go through these real quick. Next one, please, bud. Thank you. These are some folks from our home church and our, uh, our home fellowship, discipleship uh, meetings that we have in our homes with the Azerbaijani. There at the bottom left in the center is our family camps and our kids' camps that we have in the summer starting in June and July. And uh, we've been doing those for about three or f almost four years now. And uh, the young people, we take them away for about two weeks. And uh, it's, it is a wonderful time in the Lord. So now kind of what, what, what is God doing between us now? Now we are in what uh, in 2019, the Lord opened up a door of opportunity for Donna and I to partner with the National uh, Assemblies of God Church, which is the Pentecostal Union in the Republic of Georgia. So we were asked if we would consider planning an English-speaking church in Tbilisi from within this church, the, the Pentecostal Union, which is the national, like, the Assemblies of God there in Georgia. So Donna and I, at first we told them, we said, no, because we can't leave the Azerbaijani We've spent too much of our lives, and they said, no, we're asking you to bring the Azerbaijanis with you and help us reach the young people, the foreign students that are in our country. So when Donna and I go back in June, that's what we're believing God for, that we are going to be a church that loves God, loves people, but mostly, most of all, making disciples, and as those young people leave you know i can't do missions forever you know i figure i got about another 10 maybe 12 good years in me uh, that'll make me close to around 67 or so 68 and i want my life 
to be passed on to that next generation. I want what I do for Jesus, my love for God, to be instilled and put in the Word of God, the love of God, the Spirit of God, the work of God, the honor of God. I want it to be put in another generation. And that they take that torch and that they go back to their countries and they go back to that season in their life with Brett and Donna Daly. A season in their life. You understand me? Because I'm not living forever. I am in heaven. I mean forever on this earth. Are you with me? <laughs> Y'all get my message there. Sometimes my southern, you know, uh, southern people, I tend sometimes we kind of extreme, you know. We, we say something, think about that. Whoa, 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 whoa. That, let, let's back that up. I'm going to live forever, but what I'm saying is my time on this earth and my ministry, I want that to continue long ways after and so I'm excited about what God is doing. This was not an initiative that Donna and I started. This was a God initiative. I sp spoke at this church in Bishop Oleg. He said, Brett, he said, I've had it in my heart for about 20-something years or so. And he said, I'm, I'm, I know you work among the Azerbaijani in our country, but he said, would you consider something? And I said, yeah. He said, well, it's been decades. I've had this in my heart. And uh, would you consider doing it? And so we took it to prayer, and we did, fasted in prayer, and the Lord said, move forward, and he gave us some promises. One of the promises he gave me was Isaiah, and it says, Arise and shine, for the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. In the midst of a time when there's gross darkness upon the earth, the Gentiles will come to your light. And that's what the Lord spoke to me, is that people are going to come to the light and the love and the gospel of Jesus Christ toward you. I pray that for this church. As you arise in these days, as this church arises in these days, that people are coming to the light that you're shining, the love that you're shining, the way that you're serving Jesus. They're coming to Jesus. So let me go back to my little slide there. And I, I, Donna does the power slide so well because her mind stays on it. Me, I get preachy. We are working on the uh, uh, Tezervani uh, Refugee Settlement, which is there's Pastor John D. on the left and Pastor David on the right. This is a refugee settlement of Georgian people that were from South Ossetia. They're about 15 minutes from my home, and I have started working them with them for about a year and a half, two years now, and we are building a sanctuary. It started with Don and I giving our own money just giving our money when we were overseas and helping them piece by piece. First we built the gate, then we built some walls, then we laid the foundation. I can, on, I can say now that I'm about $1,000 short from that $20,000 being met. And I'm excited about that because that means that Pastor John D., and Tezervani is going to have him a sanctuary. Amen? You have been a part of that by sending us overseas. Amen? And these are some of the folks there. That's Sister Lisa paying her tithe in strawberries. That was her first fruit. Amen. I was preaching that morning that day. And she said, Pastor Brett, I have nothing to give but the first strawberries out of my garden. 
And I tell you, they were the sweetest, best strawberries I think I've ever eaten. They were good. Another slide there. One of the things that Donna and I are raising money for is also food distribution to the poor. And we have so many poor people in the refugee village and then in our church there in Tbilisi. There's so many people that are needy, especially in our villages. So we're raising funding to give a, a food distribution to the poor. And the Lord spoke this to me in that. He said, Brett, the word of God you, uh, says that you will have the poor among you always, but my question to you is, can you be among the poor? And I said, yes, I can, Lord. So that's why we're doing that. Also, ministry to the elderly. We have a lot of widows that uh, struggle financially, and so part of what you're giving and you're offering today will help them also. Another slide. This is where we're at. We're looking for missionary associates to come for one to two years or MAPS short-term workers, maybe give a summer, a couple weeks, a vision trip. Pastor JB, you guys come, come for a week, two weeks on a vision trip. Come on. You get your plane ticket, I'll help take care of everything else. Prayer partners. We're, we're believing God for prayer partners and intercessors, people. And I know I got some because I have met some people in here who walk with us on our private Facebook page and say, hey, Brett. And I'm like, wow, I couldn't remember your name, but you, I know, have remembered me and my family. And so God bless you for being our prayer partner. So this is where we're at. Uh, believing God for $100 a month till June. That'll get us back to the field. This month, I'm only needing 60 more. So, amen. 40's been knocked down. And we're believing God. Uh, that's how it's broken down. Uh, so, $100 a month is what we, we're in our new pledge. Next slide. And so, uh, you guys are already helping us shine the light there. Uh, but stand and believe God. And uh, be open to what the Spirit of God may say to you. And... Uh, what he would have for you to do. Amen? In this day. Next slide. I think that's it. Isn't it, bud? Okay. Well, listen, I want to take the word of God and share with you this morning. My objective this morning was threefold. I want you to be fed. I want you to be loved. This is what my prayer is today. God, I want your people today to be fed. I know you're fed every week, but listen, I a missionary coming in, I don't want it to just be another missionary sermon. I want you to be fed. I want you to be loved because you're God's beloved people. I could not do what I do without people like you. The day in and day out, 365, 52 weeks out of the year, you and I, you do it here in America, and I do it away from home overseas. But I could not go. And I could not do it without you. And I love you. And I want you to know that we love you. And we love you, and I know you love us because of one reason. Because God loves us all. Church, he really loves you. No matter where you're at and what you're going through, young people, Jesus really does love you. He really loves you. And lastly, fed, prayed for, loved, and lastly, prayed for. I want to end before we leave today and have a time of prayer for you.
prayer for any of your needs today. But I want to look at the Word of God from Acts chapter 9 this morning. Acts chapter 9. So if you got your Bible, your phone, I'm going to take about 15, 20 minutes. In Acts chapter 9, I'm going to go ahead and turn there. I still got a tablet. I, ha- I, am, I do have technology, but in our part of the world, electricity comes off, goes on and off. You never know when. And then sometimes uh, you just don't have internet, <laughs> you know. So I still write my sermons on a tablet with a piece of paper and a pen. But I think it's what I pray is in my heart that will come out today. Acts chapter 9, verse 1 through 6. This is about Saul, who later was changed to Paul. Saul was breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord. Now, that's a big thing there. People were living and loving Jesus, and they were being threatened, they were being pressured, and they were being persecuted. I have lived among a people with the Azerbaijani. They are a Muslim people group. But I have seen this with my own eyes. People, men and women, boys and girls. I could tell you of Solomon. He is the only, he is now 15. But when I started working with him, he was 10. He was the only boy and is the only boy right now that is a Christian in his class among Muslim boys. That boy is persecuted, pressured, and harassed all the time. But he loves Jesus and walks with him every day. I have seen people, Saul's in their life, threaten women. I know of a young lady in uh, Baku, whose brother said, if you ever come back to this city where she was raised, you will meet your maker. You will meet your Jesus. For you have left God. And this woman knows that Jesus is the truth, the way in life. And continues to serve him, despite losing her family. I've seen young men and men not be able to get a job once they find that they're Christians. But hey, what about even in America? You can stand up and still know pressure, persecution, because why? You're a Christian. And there are our souls in life. You know, Pharaoh, there was a Pharaoh. But God raised up a who? A Moses. God raised up a Moses. So what I'm trying to say to you is, listen, darkness is a reality in life. There will always be Saul's in life. But we have something far greater than Saul in our life. We have the Holy Spirit. We have Jesus Christ who said to us, Go, therefore, and make disciples Because all authority in heaven and on earth, Jesus has all authority, church. He is the authority. And we may not always see it with our eyes, but listen, you've got to know it with conviction in your heart, 
It has to be a fire of confidence, of assurance in you that Jesus is reigning. That Jesus sees and knows what I go through in my life. He sees how I surrender and love and serve him. He sees this. And he knows this. And those people were living in, ta- in, in that day, and, 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 and there was Saul breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord. And he went to the high priest, and he wanted to take it to another level. He said, let me go outside of Jerusalem, and let me get to Damascus. I need the authority and the letters to be able to persecute, to seize, and to take these people that follow this Nazarene. Whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly a light, a light in the midst of darkness, shone around him from heaven. Then he fell to the ground, and he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul. See, Jesus knew his name. (laughs) Jesus knew his name. He said, why are you persecuting me? See, Jesus took it personal, and Jesus, listen, he knew what his disciples were going through. And he is so identified with you. You know, he said, Jesus said, I am the light of this world, but you know, he also called you the light of the world. You may not feel like you're light, but you're light. You are the light of Spring Hill. You're it, baby. If you are a born-again child of God, I don't care. Listen, you need to quit. However you feel about yourself, you need to feel good and strong knowing who you are in Christ Jesus. You are the light of Spring Hill. Now, we said Jesus is the light. He said, I am the light of the world. I am the light. I am the life. There is no way other than me unto the Father. But Jesus also said about you. You are the light. We're the light. That's a humbling responsibility. It's an awesome privilege to be able to be light for the Lord. And you know as well as I do, we're not perfect light. But listen, it's not about us. It's about Jesus in us. I see Jesus doing wonderful things through the church. I mean, I went by a hall today, and I saw some young woman. She showed me, she, th- th- that one right there, she showed me some pictures she drew on the wall. Listen, I couldn't do that. But she did that. In her church, something for God. Are you with me? Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goads. You know what a goad is, right? It's like the stick I see in the shepherds. They have a stick and they hit their cattle with it. But sometimes the cattle will kick against that thing. They, you know, you, you get them to move and they'll you know, be kicking on it. They don't want to go. They don't want to move in the direction you're changing. They kick it. Have you ever seen that? That was Saul. Like an old stubborn animal 
trying to, that Jesus trying to move him where? Where was he trying to, where was he trying to get him? Where was the Lord trying to bring him? Where was, on his path, on his way. But what did Saul kept doing? Saul kept doing this. No, no. You know, I'm going to tell you now, if you've been resisting the Holy Spirit, you might as well surrender. Because God ain't going to, he ain't going to give up on you. He's going to keep on, keeping on, keeping on, keeping on, and it's going to feel like a gold, and you, just stop it. Just say, Jesus, I'm yours. It's yours. See, that's what happened with Saul. He got to a place where God stopped him, and he quit kicking against the gold. He quit resisting the Holy Spirit's work in his life. He stopped it. Jesus stopped him. Loved him enough to stop him and say, Saul, Saul, why are you person? Why are you kicking against the goats? I love you. I've died for you. Why? Why? Will you not walk this way? You've seen examples. You saw uh, Stephen. You saw the love of God in his life. You heard the conviction of truth in his life. He went through the law. He went through everything you knew. And he pointed to me as the way and the truth. And you saw how he handled his death. His face looked like that of an angel. You saw this, Saul. Why do you keep kicking against the gold? Why do you keep resisting me? And Saul, something in him, the wall went down. <laughs> I am Jesus. And he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what do you want me? And this is, this, is, this is the point of what I want you to get today. Lord, what do you want me to do now? You know, I looked up the word for surrender. And, you know, this is the definition from the world. To yield to the power and control or possession of another. To give up or agree in favor of another. To give oneself up into another. You know, I work with very ordinary, simple people. That would kind of maybe do this with them. You know what surrender means? Lord... I'm yours. Lord, it's yours. I'm yours, it's yours. You know, we make excuses to surrender. Oh, I can't, you know, sometimes people use their past. Sometimes people give excuses of, of struggling, you know, I don't see how I can. There's no, I don't know if, you know, what if, if I, if I, so what if? All that is excuses when you know, and listen to me, every one of you in here knows when God is speaking to you. I, I don't care, I, I don't care who you are in here. If you're, if you're genuinely wanting to pursue God, you know when God is talking to you. And not only do you know, you know what God wants from you. 
There ain't not a one of us in here have an excuse. Oh, I, I don't know. I don't know what God. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. You know what God wants from you. And the best way to live with Jesus, from the moment you meet him, all the days of your life, and listen, I know what I'm talking about. Because even still in my life of walking with him for 35 years, I still have to live a surrendered life. There are times in my life, even three decades later, when the Lord will ask something of me or from me. And I can make all the excuses in the world, but listen, they don't hold any water with God. Because you see, this is what God wants. If we will surrender, he will give us what is for our best. You can't give something to God and get back something less. You can't give God your sin and you get back something less than what you gave you. I mean, when you give God your sin, what does God give you? Eternal life. You become a child of God. Even if you're a Christian and you struggle with areas in your life, if you surrender to him and you surrender that area, that struggle in the flesh, listen, let go of the struggle because why? Because there's an area of growth, there's a depth of character, there's a, a, a sense of, of more of Jesus in your life. Just, just, don't, just, just walk with him. And he's going to walk with you for years if you struggle. No, he never lets us go. He's always with us. Help me, Holy Spirit, wrap this up. I'm yours, Lord. It's yours. That's what Paul learned. The life of a missionary. The life of missions. The life of God. The life of the victorious Christian life. It is the surrendered life. It is the life where our life is lived for Jesus. Where it's not lived just for ourselves, but it is lived for Jesus. That every day of our life, it is his. That we say to him each morning that we get up, Lord, I'm yours. That's my prayer every day. Lord, I'm yours. What would you have me do today? What would you have me do today? And he speaks in here. Or a circumstance will come across in life. Share a quick story. Uh, we okay on, pa uh, on time, Pastor JB? Share a real quick story about what is best for you. So I had an expired Louisiana driver's license, and I was driving around Azerbaijan. And I did not know it was expired. It hadn't even crossed my mind about this. I get pulled over because I tapped somebody's bumper, literally just tapped the bumper. And they got out, and they made a big scene. Next thing I know, there's a policeman calling someone. Then in a black Mercedes Benz with tinted windows, pulled up about 35, 40 minutes later. I said, oh, the big dog's here. Man with a beautiful suit, silk suit, nice gold, pretty watch. Got out and he came to me and he said, Mr. Daly. Come with me in my car. Uh, now, what do you think this southern boy is feeling? How many of you think I'm feeling like, ooh, glory to God. Man, I was so afraid. Listen, 
I mean, I'm praying in tongues in my and my praying in tongues is filled with fear. But I'm just, I'm, I'm, I know God's with me. I sat in that car and he said, Who do you think you are, Mr. Daly, to drive in my country, you Americans, with an expired driver's license? I said, man, please forgive me. I, I did not do this on purpose. I do not want to be in this situation. Please forgive me. He said, well, there will be a fine. I said, okay, come to the police station tonight. I said, okay. I'm so nervous, I'm calling. And you got to understand, I don't know very many people in this country. I'm calling anybody I can can think of. So finally I got into a a Canadian friend of mine that uh, was there also working. I said, what do I do? He said, whatever it is, pay the fine. I said, okay. I get in the police office real quickly. And uh, now this is about surrender. I get in there, and the police officer, he, he says, uh, your fine will be $1,000. I said, $1,000? Like that, I said, $1,000? For an uh, expired license, I said, well, where's the book? I want to see it. We have book upstairs. I said, well, can I see it? No, it's upstairs. I said, well, no, i really like to see the book. I said, $1,000 is a lot for me. I can't. I don't know if I, I that's, that's hard for me, $1,000. So I said, oh, so he said, I will give you time to think. So he gave me a little break, back on the phone, pay it, Brad. I said, man, 1000 if you don't have it, I'll give it to you. I said, okay, all right, well, listen, I, all right, okay, I'm coming over. So I went and I got my $1,000, came back, but I wasn't happy about it because I knew that ain't no way $1,000. But no, no, no expired lives. I knew it. I set that thousand dollars on that day on on his desk, and he took a paper and he folded it and he put the money. And I said, "Hey, whoa, 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 man! I was thinking, I'm getting kind of sassy." I said, "Whoa, man! I thought it was a thousand dollars." And you got to understand this: Azerbaijani poor people all around me in that building. And I said, "Whoa, whoa, man! I, why are you trying to hide that?" He looked at me like that. He said, "Mr. Daly." I will tell you this. It will be better for you to pay this. This will not be as expensive. Because I can tell you, you go to court, you will pay lawyers, court fees, and you will pay the fine. By the end of it all, it will be more than this. So this is your best way. I shut up. So I said the next, I said, well, how do I drive in the country? And he said, Brett, meet me tomorrow. So I met him. His name was Camille. He had my passport. He had my driver's license. He had everything. And I'm, I'm wrapping this up. Met with him, and he said, here's your passport. Here's your driver's license. You can drive. I said, well, Camille, this still doesn't resolve. How do I drive in your country? I still have an expired license. How do I do this? He said, give me your phone. I gave him my phone, and he put it in them, gave it back to me. He said, whenever you get pulled over, and listen, you will get pulled over. 
If you're an American, you, you get pulled over. You call my number and hand your phone to the policeman. And I will say, ah, let this man go. He will give you back the phone. You and I will greet each other, and you hang up. Give the man maybe five minot, which would be about two bucks, three dollars. Give the man this. Hormet pulu. Respect me money. <laughs> Brett, you can drive all through Azerbaijan with no problem. I went back to some of my friends, and some of them have been in the country for years. They said, Brett, do you realize what God has done for you? I said, no. I said, Brett, this is the favor of God. We've been living in this country, and it's a struggle. We, but you have this man's number in your phone and can drive in this entire country. So, see, I was resisting, not knowing that God was really working something in my favor. And I learned, this is when this all started, listen, I learned to just sometimes... Be grateful for the good things, and then and then, and just you know, when whenever bad things or a certain sense come, to just accept them, to trust them, that there's a, a plane, there's there's something higher working in my favor if it's not a good thing. You understand me? Grateful for the good things, but when the bad, difficult things come. Surrender and just trust and accept that God is working something I can't see. Are you with me, church? I want to close. Can God have his way? Each one of us knows that God is intimately working in all of our life. But my question is, is God, God have his way? Your surrender to him this day. If you don't know Jesus, listen, I want to encourage you. Surrender to him. The life of sin is no life at all. The life that Jesus will give you will far exceed. The pain, the shame, the guilt, His forgiveness, His blood washes, cleanses, and makes you a new creation, a child of God. Maybe you're a child of God and you are undergoing pressure. Maybe there's a Saul in life. Listen. You're His people. Jesus rose up and put pressure on Saul. What I'm trying to say to you is, church, listen. Whatever you surrender to God, whatever you yield to God, you will gain so much more. And you'll probably even wonder and go, 
Why did I fight God over this for so long? Why did I wrestle with God over this for so long? When you're walking in freedom and victory, when you're walking in His presence, when you're walking in His full and perfect plan for your life, you'll be amazed at how much He will bless you. Forgive my old tears. Listen, I'm an old tender-hearted boy, but listen, I, it hurts when God is pulling on you sometimes and that flesh wants to hang on and fight and you don't know what God's asking of you because it takes trust. And what is trust? Total reliance upon Savior. Total reliance upon Savior today. Trust. No matter what it is that is your, 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 oh, God's pulling on you, asking of you, wanting from you. Abraham went through this church. Your son, I, I want him on the altar. I love him. I'm third, he's been my life. But Abraham loved and trusted God, and you know what he did? Hey, boy. We gotta sacrifice. We gotta get together, get with the knife and the knives. Get the service and pack the mules. We're going on a trip, boy. And they headed down that road. And even Isaac had to surrender to his father's love. And get up on that altar. But listen, the whole point of it is, is God wants one thing from all of us. You. God wanted the man. He wanted all of Abraham. And Abraham was able through years, listen, years, this didn't happen overnight. Through years, Abraham was able to say, I've walked with God long enough to know that he's a good God, he's a loving God, and that if he asks this of me, he will bring back to me what is best for me and good for me. And he put that ball in the altar and the angel stopped him and said, stop it. For now I know you will withhold nothing from me. That is all that God is asking of us today. Lord, I'm yours. It's yours. What? What is it? What? What? I don't know. What's God pulling on you? Hurt? A grudge? Bitterness? Unforgiveness? A habit? Maybe a challenge. Maybe today. Maybe today. This is what I get excited. Maybe today a ministry will be born. Maybe today a minister will be born. Someone say, yeah, oh, I'll, I'll surrender to the call. I'll surrender to the call of God. I'll do it, Jesus. I, I don't... I'm, I had to do that with missions. I said, Lord, I've never lived overseas. I don't know. Okay, Lord. And I've seen people come to Jesus. Oh. Now it's your turn. Never head bowed, never eye closed.
want to pray for you. You got this because he's got you. Whatever the Lord is pulling on you, asking from you, will you let him have his way today? Just tell him. Lord, have your way. I let this go. I give this to you. God hears you. Now receive from him. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. I pray for those that have been here today. If any have been struggling, I pray that today they've yielded. I know one thing, Jesus, you never let go of us. And whether a struggle ends today or whenever, I just know that you have victory for everyone in this place beginning today. Manifest that victory today and your timing and your glory. Father, bless this church. Bless Pastor J.B. and Brittany. God, I pray that as they arise and shine, I pray that, Father, the future yielded unto you, Father, that this church would be filled with a new generation, a young generation of of, of young families, God. And that a great light in this community will shine for Jesus. will continue to shine. And one last thing I want to ask you is this. This morning, is there someone, this keeps coming up on me and I don't know why, because I don't normally think, if there's someone that has issues with your stomach, I don't know if it's like an ulcer or pains or in your but it's just something with your stomach. If, if that is someone in this place today struggling with something like that, I believe God will touch and heal your body today. Uh, and I don't know why I keep having that problem, but you're going to need to make a move, a step of faith, and let me pray with you. Can you come forward if you're here today? Somebody says something just stomach. Anybody? Don't be afraid. Just if, if, if you if it's you, just say, Lord, help me. Here I am. Can I see your hand? 